So today we're going to talk about going from renting to homeowning. Um, and uh, it's a perfect combination. So we have Karina here who is a renter. I am a renter. With a lot of questions. Yes. And uh, I've somewhat been prepped on these questions, <laughs> but I think it'll be fun to kind of chat through like some of the questions that are going on as you're thinking about getting into the home buying process. So with no further ado, what you got? So first question would be, why is homeowning better than renting? If it's better than renting, which I assume it is, but why is it better? I would never say blanket as a blanket <laughs> statement that it's true for everybody, right? Everybody's individual circumstances are different. Um, you know, there's different opinions out there. I've, I know uh, some very high net worth people that believe in, uh, you know, renting and investing their money in other things. But for the bulk, for most of us, um, homeowning is without a question a better option. One thing, just to kind of put a, uh, some numbers to this, this comes out of last year of 2021, the average net worth of a homeowner was $300,000. The average net worth of a renter is $8,000. Why is that? Huh. Why, why, why would that be the case? Net worth? Yeah. I would assume because renting should be cheaper, but it's not. So I think it comes down to a couple of things. One, um, when you are renting, you are subject to rental rates increasing yeah. very often yeah. because that is how um, they're going to go up with taxes are going up. So the, so the landlords are going to increase their rents. Costs of maintaining buildings are going up. So they're going to increase their rents. And so you're always going to be renting at market, right? When you buy, you buy once at the current market, and now you have a fixed payment for 30 years, theoretically, right? Whatever you're, however long you were there, that is a fixed payment. The other thing there is um, it's, it's almost a forced savings account, mm -hmm. right? Because every time you're making your mortgage payment in, in opposition to making a rental payment every time you're making that some portion of that's going towards principal right all the while two other components are happening you are having appreciation in most markets right again we won't say things that happen forever and always but <laughs> in most markets we're going to continue to see an average of about five percent over you know over over many many years um, of appreciation. Now, last year in Orlando, we had about a 20% appreciation, right? Mm -hmm. So someone without doing anything additional who's owning versus renting is gaining that appreciation during right. that time, right? So that's, that, that's one component. Um, so if you were doing, and, and the other thing I think is most people live to their income level. Mm -hmm. So what that means is when you are budgeting a certain percentage of your month uh, is going towards renting yep. right towards your towards your lease and you budget and spend everything else you give a little bit you save a little bit so if both people both groups of people do mm -hmm. the same thing and say over time your your uh, your income is increasing over that same period of time the person with a fixed payment mm -hmm. is continuing to make that savings that that uh, that pay into that forced savings account of their home, right? Principal towards their payment. Right. Um, their income is increasing. 
they have the ability to potentially save more as a percentage of their income yeah. because they've got more of a gap, right? Um, versus the renter. So they do the exact same thing and both save the ability for somebody to save more or put towards their 401k or whatever their opportunities are um, is certainly greater as a homeowner because of that fixed payment. Right. So I think it has, I think there's a lot of components to why this would be the case. Um, certainly any statistic like this, you can slice and dice and make an argument that, yeah. you know, maybe renters were younger on average, whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you took two people that were 25, one bought a house, one continued to rent over the next five years, in most cases, that net worth number is going to be higher for the person when they're 30 than the person that continued to rent. Make sense? Yeah. So talking about cost, what are the cost differences? So you talked about um, how you have the fixed rate for a mortgage. Rent will probably go up, so that's one difference. Mm -hmm. But in regards to tax, insurance, upkeep on the place, where do those differ? Yeah, and that's certainly something that... Um, you know, is often not really considered. Now, mm. I think um, when you're renting, yes, the landlord is managing that work to be yeah. done, right? They're having the pest control come out. They're having um, the lawn, the novice. I mowed my lawn in college. You mowed your lawn in college. Twice. All right. Good for you. Uh, oh, twice. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a lot of those things, but are they... Are they just included in rent or is rent increasing to cover a lot of those costs, right? Yeah. So I think you're still effectively paying for them, yeah. right? Just by way of rent. Mm -hmm. And so when you're able to have a fixed cost of owning the home and then have these additional costs or duties, um, there's certainly uh, there's certainly additional things to budget for right. other than just your mortgage payment, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and with that being said, I mean, I think we're seeing, um, we see new homes cost different than buying old homes. Mm -hmm. Old homes come with more repair requirements just based on the nature of it being a, de a depreciated asset, right? Every right. hundred year old home, it's going to have more things that you've got to invest in and bring up to speed. Mm -hmm. So you've got to take that into account when you're buying. Um, but, but certainly you could find something that made it, you know, a townhouse, Right, it's almost like living in an apartment where all these things are covered. It's paid for through your, you know, your community fees. Um, you know, so we can find options depending on what your preferences are with the style of living, yeah, um, the work you want to put it into it, what you want to be responsible for, etc. Right. Um, but you're right. I mean, there's a lot of things that you got to think about when you're buying. Yeah. Um, lawn, pest control. That's an interior and exterior pest control. A lot of times, shrub shrub care uh, you've got the ability your, your, your insurance your uh, roof um, mm -hmm. there's risks with these things now you know the risk is i've got to, i'm going to have an expense that comes up that i've got to now write a big check for right the ac mm -hmm. goes out the uh, roof is damaged during a hurricane a lot of these things we can insure against the major things we insure against right that's kind of our we want to have catastrophic coverage in that regard so that we're not bankrupt mm -hmm. because a storm blew through and you know and ruined my roof right yeah um and so that's certainly something we can get coverage against through by way of our insurance um, but there's certainly things like generally i mean you could have a warranty that covers an ac but an ac is something that could pop up and you have to write a three or four thousand dollar check yeah um but these are things generally that we can plan for yeah right so 
And I think that's where people get in a lot of trouble. They get in a lot of trouble um, because they're not thinking ahead about things that they should budget for to avoid mm -hmm. issues and avoid pitfalls in the future. So what, and, and we can do it this way, right? Let's think about if we were to own an apartment complex that you were going to be a renter in. The apartment owners, they are budgeting for every AC. Right. And they know that every AC is going to have to be replaced in the 10 to 15 year period. Right. They know the roof's going to have to be replaced in a certain period. And so what they do, they, they, they create a separate account that they're writing a small check to every month for these replacement, you know, reserve for replacement, right? Um, and so as homeowners, we really should take that step and do that as well. Um, it, it's, it looks like another number and it's building and it's growing in an account, but when we, when we need it, we can tap into it for those planned reserves. So, mm -hmm. so when I pay for rent, I'm thinking of rent, um, what is it? Rent utilities and like internet. Yeah. So then say I'm planning for a home. I have my down payment. I have the mortgage. What are the other costs I need to consider? Yeah, all these things we talked about. Um, if you've got a yard, the yard. Mm -hmm. If you've got, um, I guess not necessarily yard, but like interest. Like on our website, we have if you put this down payment down, yeah, this is going to be your monthly. Right. So to break that down, I mean your 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 monthly payment is is calculated based on a, what we call an amortization schedule. Mm -hmm. and an amortization schedule, um, in the simplest term, is a single payment that pays interest on any principal outstanding okay but has a dedicated payoff period mm -hmm. so as you pay down principal so you start paying more interest than principal as you start paying down principal what happens is your in, your interest goes down right. um, because you have less outstanding principal there becomes a time in an amortization schedule where those two cross and you're paying mm -hmm. more towards principal quickly then you are um, interest. Right. And so at year, if it's a 30 year mortgage, right? At year 30, your last payment makes everything outstanding zero and there'd be no interest due, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's calculated every time you take out a mortgage based on the term and the mortgage that you're, so your interest, your principal are, are calculated. Um, generally what we talk about is PITI, uh, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. Huh. Principal, because these are Good. fixed things that are going to be required. Yeah. Um, and so when they're when they're when they're looking at your finances to say, hey, how much can you afford as a homeowner? These are the fixed things that they're factoring. Okay. That's as a percentage of your income to say you can afford to put two thousand dollars a month towards right or whatever that number is mm -hmm. based on income, right? Okay. PITI. PITI. I need to write that one down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. I'm a renter. I don't have a down payment, but I've heard of renting to own. Okay. Can you expand on that? How does that process work? I'm sure it's different. It's definitely it's a thing. There's a lot of ways to structure it. Yeah. We don't see a lot of it. Um, effectively, what a what a rent to own or a lease to own or a lease with an option to purchase. These are a couple of different mm -hmm. scenarios that achieve somewhat of the same result. Um, renting to own would, would essentially be, I've got a a, an agreement with the owner. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rent from them. Some of my more, some of my payment is going towards the purchase. Okay. And then it becomes a time when I actually close, right? Or they effectively, maybe they hold a private note or something, right? Mm -hmm. They can do private loans. 
so when they don't know home outright. That's very, very uncommon. What I would say is more common is leasing with a right to purchase at some future date. Okay. Or a first right of refusal. Does that mean you have to purchase? No, no, you could opt out. Okay. Um, but all of this would be negotiable, right? And the yeah. risk of doing this is if you were to put, say you wanted to buy something, we agreed, to, hey, you're going to pay $300,000 for this. You're going to be able to buy it a year from now. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things can change in a year. Yeah. So generally, a seller is going to want some commitment level from you. Generally, right? So I want you to put down a deposit, non-refundable deposit that says you're going to purchase it next December, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever that is. If the market crashes, you don't want to purchase that for $300,000. Yeah. So you're going to walk away from your deposit, right? If it goes up dramatically, you're going to do everything you can to close in that house because right. you've now got equity. And that's why a lot of times, at least in the most recent 10 or 12 years, we haven't mm -hmm. seen a lot of this because we've been in an appreciating market. So in an appreciating mar a market, why would a seller be willing to commit to a today price for a future closing? Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, I, I'd say those are very uncommon. The most common way we've done it, there's a group called Home Partners. We've done a lot of closings with. They're great if you're not ready to purchase. Maybe you're um, still saving up for down payment. Maybe your credit is in the works to get repaired. But they actually come along because their their whole um, goal is to own real estate and have rental income. And so they do this, they do a purchase. You're the tenant, a qualified tenant to come be a tenant for them. You choose the house and then you're ultimately going to purchase it from them at a, at a predetermined price at a future date that grows each year. So if you want to buy it next year, you can, if you want to buy it five years, you can, but the price is escalating on a, on a agreed to schedule. Right. And so that's a, that's a, the most common way we've mm -hmm. done this recently. Right. I, I think I've even looked into that. Um, haven't applied yet, but looked into it. Yeah. Um, so say I do have a down payment okay. for a house and I'm ready to buy, or I'm not ready, but I do have a down payment. So I'm starting to look what, when do you think is a good time to transition? Like, okay, rent's getting really high, not a lot of inventory. Maybe I should start looking. Like, is that the only aspect I should look at? Like, rent's getting high. Um, I have the money, but I just I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess what are the next steps? Yeah, so I mean, a couple <laughs> of things to think through. So, like for yeah. you, let's talk about you specifically, right? Okay. Um, you've got to determine, you know, what does the next really probably three to five years look like? Yeah, life could change in three to five years. Yeah, um, and so does it make sense? to be a homeowner because there's costs of purchasing, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you're going to have some costs just go out the window when you purchase. So yeah. if you were to buy today and sell in a year, it's probably not a good decision unless you just time it right and you're a great buy and a great market run, mm -hmm. right? No one, you know, so it's easy to look back a year from a year ago and say, I should have bought then, you know, because then I would be, you know, have this 20% equity growth position. Yeah. Um, that's easy to do, but I would say every personal finance decision is, is, is personal, right? So you've got to think like, generally speaking, in general markets with, you know, five, six appreciate, five, six percent appreciation, probably that three year mark is about where it starts to make sense. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be there shorter than that, you're paying a lot of money to buy. You're going to pay a lot of interest. You're not paying really down much on your principal at all. Um, and so it may be a break-even scenario around that three-year mark. 
Um, that's not been true the last few years, but again, generally speaking, it, it would be. Um, you know, and so I think you just got to make that determination: is 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 this where I want to be? Do I know what my next three or five years look like? Um, otherwise, keep saving, keep putting it away, find a good you know find a good place that allows you to be flexible and pivot. And that's ultimately the that's the, been a lot of the millennial story, right? Yeah. Has been. Uh, has been, you know, I want to be able to kind of be nimble and yeah. if I want to take a new job in California, I can up and go. And, you know, I mean, and so we've seen a lot of that. Um, sure. So, it, and it, it probably will come to fruition where we see that impact, mm-hmm. you know, in the in their mid thirties, right? Kind of where I am now, where they haven't had that 10 years of, of home ownership building wealth. Um, I don't think there's a right or wrong. You yeah. know, again, there, there's other ways to to build net worth and yeah. stock away some cash and save. But I think uh, I think it's worth getting if, if you're in that position, getting with somebody and having a conversation around personal finance. And, hey, how can I mm-hmm. how can I still be nimble and still you know be thinking in a in a short term scenario, but still be putting some money away yeah. and saving and growing. Right. So what is a real estate agent's involvement with a renter? Um, yeah. Involvement? Yeah. I mean, with, in, in terms of a renter being prepared to purchase, preparing to purchase. Yeah. Prepared to purchase. Say you had a buyer and they got scared and they said, actually, I just want to rent. Yeah. How were you there for that? Yeah. So yeah, for <laughs> the comp, big question. Um, really. Yeah. So first question. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're in a rental situation, you want to talk about this in a deeper context for your particular situation. Let's do that. Um, I guess it's like a buyer's meeting. Yeah. We would have a sit down buyer's meeting. We would talk through the process. We would connect you with one of our lenders. Um, you know, all these things are, are preparing you to be prepared to go into the buying side yeah. of the market. Um, I'd love when we have a runway. So if you've got eight months left on your lease that's a don't think that's way too early to have a conversation actually it's not that early because if we back down from closing right you got let's say 45 to 60 days we'll do 60 days roughly so that's two months and then we need really depending on the market a few months to find something another month to really get prepared get Mm -hmm. your finances together connect with the lender I mean, we could be talking needing five months for this process through and through. Now we have people that say, I'm coming and I got to be in a house next month. That scares the daylights out of me. Because yeah. <laughs> what I don't want is somebody to have to make a rush decision yeah. and not be able to get what they want. But um, so if you're eight months out or something like that, let's talk. Um, the other thing to think through, I'll, I'll come back to the other question, but the other thing to think through is Another difference, key difference in renting versus owning. Renting, you're paying your more your rent for the month to come, right? So if it is, we're almost to April, so you're going to make a rent payment April 1st, yep. and it's for April, yep. correct? When you're making a mortgage payment, you're making payments in arrears, mm-hmm. meaning you're paying for the month previously. It doesn't make much of a difference to you except for when you're buying. And here and here's where it makes sense. When you're when you're preparing to um, close, we can find ourselves the ability to have a either overlap in still having rent, a rental 
a lease in place and closing on a house to make your transition as easy as possible. So here's how we would do that. So if it's April and you make an April payment and I close on a house today, the 30th, I am paying interest through the end of the month. So I'm paying another day of interest on at closing. And then I'm gonna skip April and then I'm gonna make up my first mortgage payment is going to be in May, right? So if my last rental payment was right. April 1st and my first uh, mortgage payment is May, I never have double payments, although I've right. had both properties at the same time. Now, if we wait, if we wait and we close April 1st, okay, we make our pay, our, our, our rental payment April 1st, mm -hmm. we make, we close April 1st, paying our interest at closing through April, we're actually going to skip another month and make our first payment on the mortgage in June. So we could actually have a month without a payment, theoretically, right? right based on timing our closing appropriately. So it's another thing when you're thinking transition that if we can really play our cards right and time our closings accordingly, um, we can make it a really smooth transition. Because yeah. what you always want is when you buy something, the ability to close, take your time, if you want to go paint, change carpets, yeah. right? Whatever you want to do, be able to do it before all your boxes are sitting on the carpets. Yeah. That makes it a little harder to change carpets. Yeah. Yeah. What was the other question? The other question, the question was, was, can we help with rentals? Yes. We work with some great property managers. That's most commonly um, the direction we would, we would push you. The rental market is a challenge. So if you're work, watching this and you are a, uh, a renter and you're continuing to rent. I understand. It's a challenge. So you've got your, you've got your run of the mill apartment complexes yep. that market on apartments.com and some other places. Zillow. You've got your um, your property manager um, managed properties. You know, a lot of times single family homes, townhomes. They're they're individually owned properties managed by someone else professionally. They're often they put them on our MLS. They put them on Zillow. They put mm -hmm. them on um, there's a couple of other kind of rental sites. Then you've got your 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 guy that's owned the property for thirty years and he manages it himself. And how you find it, I don't know might be a great opportunity, right? Yeah. He's on Craigslist. He's for rent by owner on Zillow. He's for rent by owner.com, right? We've got all these things. Yeah. So there's no one single place to go find rentals, right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of an all in approach to yeah. find what you're looking for as a, as a renter. Um, the other thing that makes it really tough as a renter um, is there's no standardized, to my knowledge, standardized application process. Generally, every man property manager or apartment complex is going to have their own application process. Yeah. So what they require is going to be different. Their background check may be different. Versus when you buy, you can go get a pre-approval from one of our preferred lenders and we can go shop around, right? I really that wish that was the process I for know. renters to be able to general. have a standardized, you know, I have no Pay criminal once. background, <laughs> I make good money, I have good credit, yeah. right? and be able to show that. Um, that's just not how it's done. Yeah. I think I think secretly uh, it's a pretty good revenue generator for them. So mm -hmm. that, that's yeah. the reality. Yeah, that's, <laughs> definitely. That's my belief. So you know, it may cost uh, twenty five dollars for a background check, and you're paying seventy five dollars a person or something like that. So yeah, um, it's like seventy five for an application fee, and then yeah. the background checks, and then the deposit, and then the admin fee. Right. It's just like 
So you're getting feed on both things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you know. Now, when you're buying, and this is kind of another thing to talk about. When you're buying, you do have closing costs, right? When you purchase, you got a mortgage, you're gonna have some closing costs. And these are some of the fixed costs I was talking about. That mm -hmm. If you sell the next year, you just can't really recoup these yeah. um, because there's a cost of obtaining a mortgage, right? You're gonna pay an origination fee. You're gonna pay a tax on the loan. You're gonna pay a tax on the, uh, the they call them doc stamps. Um, so there's some fixed costs that go into purchasing you're going to have an inspection that's going to run, you know, four or $500. You're going to, um, you have to, it's some of the costs of, of purchasing are prepaid. So right. you're going to prepay a lot of your insurance. You're going to prepay some interest. You're going to prepay community fees or HOA fees potentially. Um, are those costs roughly the same or does it just depend on the house? Like, is it more expensive, the more expensive of the house or? Yeah. A lot of these things are fixed costs, but generally speaking, um, I, I estimate about three to three and a half percent of your purchase to be closing costs. Okay. Right. Plus yeah. down payment. Right. So if you're saying I'm saving up to have a 10% down payment, plan for 13%. Got it. Right. Yeah. Because there's, there's just some fixed costs that you can't get around. Okay. Not like. The only way to account for that would be to be negotiating seller pays of your closing costs mm -hmm. that's a whole nother discussion yeah. and it's been very hard to pull off in this market because okay. effectively when you do that you're you're rolling you're rolling some of those costs into your mortgage is right. essentially what you're doing right they're agreeing to a price maybe you've increased the price by three percent mm -hmm. you roll it back it creates additional challenges to negotiate but mm -hmm. uh, it's possible so all this to say hopefully this is some good stuff to talk about yeah um get your wheels turning would love to have this conversation you know and, and talk about how it can impact you over the over the coming years from you know building wealth uh scenario yeah. and also getting you in a place where you can make it your own i think that's yeah. the other you know kind of emotional component is it's mine i can do what i want with it yeah. right versus feeling like you're borrowing it from somebody else yeah and you know you can't wreck anything. You don't pay any extra fees when you're leaving. So right. it's like yeah. one day, yeah. within the next year or so, <laughs> I'll be on the buying train. <laughs> Sweet. Cool. Thank you. You got it. Thanks.